everyone. Welcome to East Redland Anglican this morning, this sixth Sunday after Pentecost, the 12th of July 2020. This morning's Gospel reading is from Matthew 13, verses 1 to 9, and then verses 18 to 23. And we're dealing with the parable of the sower this morning. This is our the first of our new podcast series that we're going to be trying to broadcast each week. So please stick with us and we hope you enjoy. The Lord be with you. And also with you. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew chapter 13 beginning at verse 1. Glory, Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the lake. Such great crowds gathered among him that gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, "Listen, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures for a while, and when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, and who indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you please be seated. I don't know about you, but it's easy to feel um, at the moment, I think, like the seed shown amongst thorns. Just the cares of the world seem to get in the way of everything at the moment. Um, but seeing as we're talking about seeds and all that sort of stuff, I was reflecting as I read today's gospel about the lengths that we often go to to grow things and to grow things in a way that produces bountiful results. Now, it's on been, been on my mind a little bit uh, lately because I just planted um, a whole stack of jack-o'-lantern pumpkins in the garden at the rectory. Now, I'll let you decide what I'm going to do with those, but... I'm interested to see how they go. Um, And I'm keen to see some pretty great big pumpkins come of it. Um, I even started that process from seeds that I collected last year and I planted a few weeks ago. Um, And I did that in a little seedling tray with the plastic top on it so it grew nicely and kept them nice and warm and all that sort of stuff. So I had 12 of them and I had 12 of another variety. And as I was planting the seedlings on Saturday, I remembered that when we first moved into our house in Wynnum back in the early 2000s, 
One of the things that Terry and I decided we would do for some reason, I don't know what it was, it was we decided to set up a vegetable garden. So what we did was we cleared an area, we put edging around it, um, we got rid of weeds and grass and then started to build our permaculture garden. So to do that, that meant layers of paper and straw and loosen and between them there was compost, soil and manure. So what it did was, it was it created a rich and fertile place for things to grow. Then we selected the plants that we were going to plant and how we were going to plant them so that way we knew what was going to be planted near, near other things. So part of the intent was that was uh, to plant tomatoes near basil because that'll keep the pests off the basil. Um, we planted corn close together because that's apparently what you've got to do um, if you want to, to see corn grow so they cross-pollinate and all that sort of stuff. Um, we decided how many we were going to plant of things, which ones needed more light, um, where we could grow in things in particular seasons, all that sort of thing. I even went to the extent of buying uh, heritage seeds, which are the old varieties of fruit and vegetables before we thought it was a good idea to start genetically playing with them. So it was a very careful, structured, selective process and for all intents and purposes, it was reasonably well thought out. So we sowed our seed. We, we, I didn't use a seedling tray for that one. So we sowed carefully in the garden where we wanted things to grow. Uh, and we did it sparingly because, um, you know, seeds weren't cheap and we didn't have many of them. So we were quite sparing with them. But we sowed them into that really rich environment, an environment that was already there, ready to support vigorous growth. And in the end, the yield was really great. In fact, uh, in some cases, we had beyond our expectations. And it was a bit like that, as I recall, with the passion fruit vine we had. Uh, we had far more passion fruits than we could ever possibly need. But I, I think that's a thing with passion fruits. Um, and this isn't going to be a discussion about agricultural techniques, because I know where that discussion would end up, and it would miss the point. But we have to concede that when we look at passages like this in our Gospel reading, our ideas and understandings of agriculture here inform how we look at it. Now, why is that important? I suspect to a large degree it's important because how we in, the Western cult in our Western culture generally understand the process of agriculture, that is, we choose the land carefully, we prepare the soil carefully, we plant sparingly because we don't want to waste seeds because that costs money and it affects our bottom line. And yet, within that construct, we always want to reap abundantly. We want to do as little in the sense of um, wastefulness. We don't want to be wasteful. We just want to do what we need to do, but we want to get the maximum we can out of it. But that's not the picture that's painted in the Gospel reading today, and it makes a difference to how it informs our understanding of the parable and how then that affects our ministry. And the reason I say that is that the picture I painted above about what we did with our garden and how we might do things in um, our understanding of agriculture is not how people of Jesus' day prepared for planting. Instead, what would happen, and in some cases, don't forget, fields lay fallow for a year. You couldn't imagine that happening in our, in our sort of 
culture now that leave a field fallow for a year. But in some cases in the ancient world, that's what they did. Um, but in most cases, what they would do is so liberally, they'd scatter seed everywhere in fairly casual fashion. Um, and what they would do, and the practice of the day was to sow the seed on the unkempt field of whatever it was, dried out weeds, worn paths that were there from the last summer, and then to go and plough everything in. So we would expect seed then to land in places other than in good prepared soil. That's kind of what we do. We do the good prepared soil and then plant sparingly into it. What's happening here is someone is scattering seed liberally and abundantly into soil that's not prepared and then ploughing it in. So what are we to make of this random and apparently wasteful sowing? Now, the more familiar understanding of this section of the gospel is that God is sowing the seed of his word. And this is consistent with how we read it anyway. Um, and the seed of his word is the message of the kingdom. So, so when we see that, some people can't make sense of it. The seed does nothing and is gobbled up by the birds. For other people, the seed takes root, but because it's on shallow, rocky ground means that there's some initial vigorous growth, but it quickly dries up when it gets put under pressure. Others hear the message, but there's just too much going on and their interest is strangled by other things in their lives. But for some... And as we read it from year to year, I would say particularly those who call themselves Christians, at times give ourselves a pat on the back at this point because for us, we've heard the word, we've received the word, we've received the seed and the harvest is going to be great. Now, at this level of focus, we look at the soil or growing conditions as representing different kinds of people. And generally speaking, we end up identifying ourselves with the good soil, and that's the end of the story for us. And we can feel fairly secure in that. And we could leave it there, and indeed some choose to do that, um, as if the parable offers us some very important moral guidelines. But I think we have to recognise that the Gospels push us to the edge of a new understanding in order to see the world differently. And as such, look beyond the seed in this case. Because there's no denying that the gospel describes four different conditions under which the seed is grown, or the seed is sown, three of which throughout the growth. We can't deny that. That's what it's saying. But beyond that, the thing that I can't help but be struck by, setting all of that aside, is the fact that the sower just sows indiscriminately. But more importantly, the sower sows abundantly despite present hardships, despite rejection, and despite obstinacy. And the result seems to be that an abundant harvest is guaranteed because, God, because of God choosing to sow abundantly. God's kingdom will be established and Jesus' mission will be accomplished a hundredfold, despite the conditions of where the seed falls. There's going to be an abundant harvest. But how do we understand this harvest? Firstly and most obviously, the abundant harvest is the word of God that falls on good soil and grows to abundant fruitfulness. 
And the first part of the gospel mentions different kinds of soil, while the last part of the gospel mentions the seed itself. In both parts, the gospel sower remains the same. Irrespective of the soil and irrespective of what else, the gospel sower is the same, and it's God. God sends the divine word to earth like falling rain, just like it says in the Isaiah 55 reading. The Son of God scatters God's word across the earth in a flagrant dispersal of life. And despite the rejection of Jesus' preaching, despite the difficulties of inaugurating the kingdom, the outcome is still seems to be assured that God's kingdom in Christ will be established. Secondly, faithful disciples are part of God's intention in this abundant, in this abundant harvest. We tend not to look at that as, as, a, as a consequence, but faithful disciples, I think, are part of God's abundant harvest. And the centre portion of this gospel, which we didn't have there today, as I said at 7.30, sometimes what the lectionary does is it chops out bits. So we've got verses 18 to whatever it is, and then we've got verses whatever they were, but we miss out that middle, middle section. Um, but that middle section uh, deals with why Jesus speaks in parables. I say that because parables can't be understood at the level of language or even of figures of speech. Parables can only be understood by those who have open and understanding hearts. Like before, parables push us to a new understanding of what the world could be. But we have to be open to them. We then are, as disciples of Christ, being open, having open and understanding hearts, a part of the harvest. Bearing that in mind and knowing that we're part of the abundance of God's sowing and subsequent harvest, we need to ask ourselves what it means for our ministries. And I ask that question because I suspect it's not enough simply to rest in the fact that we're part of the harvest, therefore that makes us okay, and that's where the story ends. For me, the answer can be seen in the following. If we see ourselves as the sower... The parable takes us in the direction of learning to know God and having union with God. And in accepting this, we recognise that we too become people who then spread the word of good news. That's discipleship. If we see ourselves as the seed, it reminds us that we sow God's word wherever we are, by word and example. That's discipleship. So if we see ourselves as the soil, we are directed to examine the cares and distractions of our lives to see if they stand in the way of open eyes and ears and hearts. That too is discipleship. It's part of what I said before, that faithful disciples are part of God's abundant harvest. That's how that abundant harvest looks. So the parable touches lives here in terms of knowing God and doing God's will, being faithful disciples and being fertile so God's word can be fruitful. So to tie all this together, a couple of things occur to me. Firstly, it's not for us to decide where so so which soil looks best to plant in. As faithful disciples, it's our job to sow the seed wherever we are and to make sure as well 
that our own garden beds are fertile and not full of weeds. Secondly, all of the, all of the parts of this parable dwell with each of us. But the key point here, particularly for discipleship, is that we, like our Lord, need to do it extravagantly and abundantly. In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hi again, everyone. That brings us to the end of our podcast for this week. If there's any other information you're looking for in regarding the parish, please don't forget to check us out on www.eastredlandanglican.com.au. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram, and obviously you'll be able to find us on Apple Podcasts. Please go to our website or Facebook page to check out any information you might be looking for about our service times, for uh, spirituality, for baptisms or anything else you might be looking for. You can check it out there at our website. You can check us out on Facebook um, and you can find other resources on Instagram as well as. Again, thanks for joining this week. We'll see you next week. God bless. Bye.